Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 18 of Res Hockey. I am your host, Trev, and with me is our co-host, yeah, Mr. over here, Dennis Major. What's up, Dennis? Don't why do you call me that? AKA Bush. He doesn't there like it when I call him Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. What's up, Bush? Oh, not much. How are you feeling? Ah, fudge, man. Yep. Me too. Me Five too. games in two days is kind of too much. Then a seven-hour drive. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I made it to work today, so that was all right. So I almost ate those chips that you that I accidentally took from you. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted, man. You might get the only one bag back. No promises. So our guest for episode 18 is former NHLer, former stay-at-home defenseman, one of the better defensive defensemen in the 80s and 90s from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, or he said he's from uh, a small town in Saskatchewan. Um, I can look it up later. I'll just say Saskatchewan. Mr. Rich Pilon. Uh, Rich, uh, he and I, we kind of, well, when I say he, I mean, when I say I, I mean, Bush and I, the podcast, we, uh, <laughs> we kept missing each other and our schedule was mixing and crossing, but today we were finally able to connect and it was a great interview, Rich. What a nice, yeah, what a nice good. guy, man. So, um, yeah, interview with Rich Pilaw. Okay. Whew. That was a mouthful. <laughs> I know. Sheesh. Okay, because of the week. Because of the week for episode 18. And Drum this roll. guy was nominated again. Uh, I heard, heard, he's a fan of the show. He listens to the show while he's working those 12-hour shifts at Detour Goldmine. Is Mr. Clayton Rickard of... Cochrane, Ontario, originally from Moose Factory, but currently <laughs> lives in Cochrane right now. Want to know some interesting facts about Clayton? Please tell us. That's LT's brother-in-law. LT? Yeah. He's married to uh, Summer. Oh, okay. So, yeah, small world, eh? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because of the week, Clayton, thanks for... Uh, Listening to the show and thanks for your support, Clay. Keep on listening, keep on working hard and making those big bucks at Detour Gold Mine. So, yeah, and if you want to be Cuz of the Week, shoot us a message on Facebook and we'll uh, hook you up, man. We will help us help you. Give us a hand here. Help us yeah. help. You. So, um, yeah, shoot us a message. Okay, shout outs. Shout uh, out. Shout. Shout. <laughs> Let it all, right. all out. So we got a couple shout outs. Probably um, 11 to be exact on my end. Well, okay. 10 because you're not. In, well, well, I'm, no, I'm going to include you. What about you? Are you going to include you? No. Uh, don't include me. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds all sad. Don't include me. <laughs> Be humble. 
they're too humble. Okay, some fantastic teammates that I met that we met over the weekend that I met. You, you probably met them as well. We we that we I, Come on, man. <laughs> to all my listeners. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna um, first off, Trevor Thompson. He led our team in scoring. Hey, Trev. He had some awesome hair. Not he had he has he has awesome hair. He had, and the funny thing is, he lost his voice from Saturday. So Sunday, <laughs> he had absolutely no voice. No, no voice hilarious. at all. Hilarious. Uh, the the next person is scoring is you, and then the third person. You. It's me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that. And, later. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Joseph, I uh, apologize if I'm if I butcher everybody's name, but Joseph Allerdings. 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 That's Allerdings. Yeah, and and this next person, uh, Haley, aka Lindsay. <laughs> Haley Williams. We uh, for the first game or for the first period. Me and Trevor. I uh, thought her name was Lindsay, so we kept calling her Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay. we would say, "Hey, Lindsay, line change," and she would be looking like, "Who the hell are these guys talking?" About? <laughs> yeah, it was like funny. Yeah, and what uh, of one of, uh, of our who probably scored the sickest goal of the tournament, Carrie uh, Davidson Smith. That was a nice uh, top shelf snipe she got, though. Did you see? Were you were yeah. you on the ice or did you? No, see I was it? on the bench. Oh, okay, yeah, I was pretty good. No, uh, the one. Hey, 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 the only, don't what? forget Matt. What's oh, up, Matt, Matt? Her, her husband, Matt. Yep. What's well, up, I was going to do an honorary mention, uh, but I want to list our whole teammate first. Oh, sorry. That's, I was oh, going to team. I just didn't want and you to forget Matt. Okay. You interrupted. Uh, we go, as you we'll go to go edit. Thank you. I'm not editing. Okay. Carrie Davidson Smith and her husband, Matt. How's that? Perfect. Okay. Matt, how are you? Looking good. All that good stuff. Looking good. <laughs> How could you? You had one eye open. That one eye. <laughs> We're trying to get sponsors. They can't. <laughs> no, I think I had both eyes closed at some point. Yeah. Anyways, how about uh, Ernest? The one, the only Ernest Jameson. What's up, Ernie? Ernie, how are you, bud? Jonathan Weeks, Josh Kraus, and Andrew Enns, my D partner for the final two games. Phenomenal positional stay-at-home D. I love playing with you, Andrew. You're forgetting one person. That's Brennan Olson. Olson. Yeah. I thought there was an O. Olson. Brennan, goalie, my man, you played so well for us that uh, we felt bad and when we let when I got dangled really, really bad. And I just totally let you out to dry. Yeah, <laughs> I will I talk about get? that later because that's <laughs> yeah. it's gonna take way too much time to talk about that. So yeah. But anyways, all uh m- all the mullets as was our Minnetonka fighting mullets. Yeah, those that was a sick name. That was a good name. I like it. Well, yeah. Anyways, those are all shout outs from my end. Yeah. So what's up, everyone? Yeah, very, really nice to meet everybody down there. It was a really good time. Yeah, thanks for a fun. great weekend. It was awesome. <laughs> we won't forget you guys. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah. Girls. And girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. 
So right now, Carolina Hurricanes with uh, Ethan Bear on the blue line, they're beating Toronto Maple Leafs 3-1. Oh. How do you think the Leafs are playing this year, man? They're going to be 2-4-1 and one if they crap this game. As an Oilers fan. Come on, you, gotta you know have- what? You, you got to keep it real, though. Like, oops, um, you know, there's a sports writer about maybe three, four years ago. I can't remember her name. It wasn't Bob McKenzie. It was somebody else. Uh, he mentioned that the first two weeks are of no concern for any team in the National Hockey League. What what happens is immediately after those two weeks, that's when the team finds its niche, finds its groove, and then. They find their stride. If they don't find it by the third and fourth week, then they're in trouble. So uh, right now, the Maple Leafs. I'm not, you know, even as an Oilers fan, I like to chirp Leafs. I'm not. I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about them. Um, you know, they're going to come to play at some point, and it'll. They're going to be fun to watch. So that's seven games in the season, though. This is a league where every point will count to make it to that next round. Do you think? Mm-hmm. They're in trouble. I think they're in trouble. Come on. I don't Eric. think so. No. Really? You no. got three scores who earn more than $10 million a year, and they're doing squat. Like, yeah. Come on. Get it together. Oh, no. Ethan Barrow's got a point. Does he? Again. Tonight, yeah. Uh, Sebastian Ajo. Number 25, Ethan Bear. <laughs> I used to have a geography teacher in high school. His name was Mr. Aho. Same name. Really? Finnish last name. Yeah. He was really mean. I remember he, <laughs> I think I was in grade nine geography and he threatened to send me back to elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my mom, I remember asking my mom's like, can he do that? <laughs> Because <laughs> that really scared me. That kind of traumatized me. It might like well, I'm we're still we're still still talking about it 20, yeah. 20 something years later. It's like and it got you tongue tied there. Yeah. You must have went through so, some yeah, traumatic yeah, stress. I, I still remember it. Like Don't, ask, asking my mom, like, can he do that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's my whole story. <laughs> <laughs> what about your Oilers though? They're sure fine with that new uh, left winger. With, with that, with that cast off that you guys didn't want anymore. That traitor. He it wasn't a cast off. He was a traitor. He didn't want to take a hometown discount. So mm. he's a traitor. Screw him. Still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> screw him. He says. But he yeah, did they're... have that one nice goal though. The other. Oh night. yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he popped a good one-timer against, against Vegas. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing about that game or that night. <laughs> he's good, though. He, I think he'll get 30 goals. When he's playing with Drysaddle and McDavid, all you have to do is... Yeah. And he's on the power play, too. He's, yeah. he's got some power play time. Yeah, he's probably the best pickup they've had in a while, yeah. considering they got Duncan Keith and but Duncan yeah. Keith is the end of his career. But go Zach Hyman. You should get a Hyman jersey, man. No. He's there, what, five years? You might as well invest in one. I Last time I tried to invest in a jersey, it didn't look, work out so Look long. what happened two, to Bear. Two jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Two jerseys deep, 300 bucks yeah. each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should get a 
No, a dry. I'd, if I had to get an oiler jersey, I'd probably get a dry saddle. Yeah. Yeah. He's my favorite oiler. That German workhorse. Yes. Hmm. That's something you should think about getting a high well, jersey. Yeah, I'll think about it quite a bit. Seriously, though. Yeah, I am seriously thinking. Hey, this it. week is Halloween. Are you guys going to give out candy? No, I work. So. I work on I work nights. I'm not on Sunday. Yeah, I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Oh, jeez. So know. you guys are just gonna leave your light off, your Probably. front porch light off, and get out of here, you little bastards. We have no candy. <laughs> That's probably what I'll do. Hmm. That's cheap. Come on, man. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I won't be here. Well, uh, uh, Sue, is she gonna handle candy? Probably not. what what the health uh the health unit is saying is to leave candy on your front door so you're not having all that contact between you the candy and the person receiving it so a lot of little shits are just gonna grab 10 bags and just leave no candy for the little ones i know that's gonna well Get out of here, you little jerk. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give out candy. I feel, <laughs> feel bad for those kids that didn't go sh- Chris- Christmas shopping. <laughs> I they said Christmas shopping. You did. I did. Halloween trick-or-treating. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking... <laughs> Do you hey, hey, here's a question. I have an answer. Do you think stores should start selling Christmas stuff before Remembrance Day or after Remembrance Day? I hear a lot of people talking about that. I'm on the I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. I don't and like we have to show our respect for all the people that fought for our country, right? Yeah. And it's of course to do. Yeah, so that's a big discussion. I say after. Yeah. After, after Remembrance Day. So what do you think, guys? You ever going to figure out how to do a poll on our, on our. Yeah, I don't know how. Well, you know, you have authorization to update that Facebook page. So do you know oh, how to yeah. do it? Figure it out. I could probably figure it out, but it's just, that's a matter of me sitting down with it. Well, you sit down eight hours doing nothing at work. 12 hours. So. 12 hours of doing nothing. Yep. We'll figure it out. I have no idea though. Hmm. Who's Facebook like smart? I can figure out how to put up a poll. Cause we'd have some fun making these poll questions up. Should Bush shave his beard? Yes or no. <laughs> Should Bush get a haircut? Yes or no. <sighs> Okay, guys, uh, with that being said, let's go to our interview with yes, former NHL defenseman Rich Pila. So we'll be right back. Hey, guys, Res Hockey would like to welcome former NHLer, former great defenseman. 
Mr. Rich Pilon. Welcome to the show, Rich. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to the questions and uh, getting at her. Questions sounds good. Not, sounds good. Sounds good. Questions are not too bad. Uh, we'll keep it simple. Hopefully, uh, nothing gets too out of hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope it does. It does. We can, we can, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll go accordingly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, first question. You, uh, how was it playing on uh, Long Island with its rich history, like with Brian Trotche and Mike Bossy, and the list goes on. Like, how was it playing on on the island? Well, I think anytime you, as, as a player, you get to, uh, I guess, you know, play in the NHL and fulfill your, you know, it's a dream come true. And then to uh, layer on top of that, going to a franchise like New York at the time, they'd come off the, you know the the four Stanley Cups and you know I was there for the t- you know I never got there during it which is disappointing but obviously just with the the history of the team and then I was like you said guys like Brian Trotche and uh, guys that had been on those teams Brent Sutter and you know even Billy Smith See, it was just amazing to be able to play for a franchise like that and, and you know given that opportunity and, and to play as long as I did with them and um, you know my and I had two teams that growing up and it was always Montreal and, and New York like the Islanders and so it was, you know, then the other part of just going to a team that, that you cheered for is even more special. Uh, that's good. So I don't know if you can tell, but in, my, in the background, I'm, I've been a hardcore Edmonton Oilers fan. So I have a little, uh, you know, Brian Trotche, uh, you know, was a nemesis for the first couple of years. How was he yeah. playing? And like, what was he? Was it just a good, solid guy? Was he the go-to uh, teammate? Like, what, what was he like on and off the ice? Uh, Brian was, you know, when he, he so similar to kind of how I, you know, both coming from small towns and, um, you know, I grew up in a town called St. Louis, Saskatchewan, which is just uh, south of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And, you know, Brian being, you know, also from a small town, uh, just me coming there, he, right away, you you have something in common. So he, he took me under my wing right away. It was him and Brent Sutter. And Brian's just one of those good guys like he um very educated and, and you know he we 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 both lived in the same billet billet family uh mr and mrs pat amandola warren and pat amandola in long island and they end up keeping I, I believe we were i was like number 13 dean Schnell was 12 i believe brian was like in that seven or eight spot um and the, the amandolas in players for the islanders that you know, we're basically coming almost for the culture shock reason, you know, coming from a small town and then ending up in New York or Long Island, but, and you know, and totally really being in New York. And, uh, but Brian was just one of those guys. He was accused of, you know, obviously a captain and just a hardworking, um, wasn't a raw, raw guy, but he was one of those guys that when you said something, he, you listened. So, but overall, just a great guy. Uh, I played in uh, in a, a exhibition game against him. It was a bunch of former NHL alumni players, and we had so much fun after we played the game. Like he brought over a case of wine, and yeah. he told us so much stories. And then it, you can just see the passion that he has telling stories. Like he loves oh, yeah. telling yeah. stories, and it was, it was so much fun. As like Bobby Bourne was there. Billy Smith was there. I actually uh, I was going around the net, and he kind of 
It's like one of those poke checks that he used to do, like when he threw his stick when a guy was trying to come around the net, and they yeah. hit me right above the tongue. <laughs> it yeah. says, I'm just, I was so sore. I could just only imagine like him doing that like back in the day when guys were going around trying to do that wraparound, <laughs> and he was just giving the lumber. <laughs> but well, yeah, I, I was, you know, with those guys, like you said, you know, like Brian, Brian too, like. He he's one of the, you know he's got he sings he's got a guitar he loves to sing right and uh, he he's a guitar kind of guy and uh, it's, it's when you're around him he just he just he's very smart like you know and he wasn't I you know not that he when he came out of out of you know Saskatchewan and got there to New York you know like I remember uh, Pat telling me or Warren where we stayed at he made Brian learn like one word every every Monday. So at the dinner table. So one of the things with the Amendola's Monday was like family night. And, you know, I'm used to basically sitting down, eating in five, 10 minutes and getting up and getting on whatever you got to do with the Amendola family. Monday night is family night and their sons come over with their, with their families. And that's one of the expectations when you go there is that you got to spend instead of dinner and they start cooking at five and dinner goes till like nine. So you sit at this big kitchen table and this is actually one of the things initially I was like, Oh my God, this is killing me to sit here this long and just <laughs> grinding it out to be there. And <laughs> after I left the Amendola's, that's one of the things, you know, after you got going, it just became a natural, you sat down on Mondays and you looked forward to the Mondays teasing and, 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 you know, and Pat did the cooking right there at that time. It was one of the things I missed most. And that's where even um, Warren made, Brian learn a new word and put it into a sentence. That was kind of like he was in school for him, right? And when you talk to Brian, like he just speaks so highly of Mr. and Mrs. Amendola as I do. So um, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting thing when you, you know, the stories that Brian has and even some of the stories that I have, like the way the NHL is in today's world, it, it, there's not going to be a lot of those stories anymore because it's it's come into it, you know, before it was, you know, we still, we still as, as, sell the team um you know team first everybody says that but that's not how it is anymore it's uh, everybody individually uh look after themselves you know the agents are in there now more than they were back in our days as much as you know even before when brian was going those guys were even worse off than than we were you know i i you know later in my career you know with my last five years is when I kind of played at a time that I made good money. But prior to that, you know, like you were under the umbrella of the Eagleson days where oh, yeah. there's no, nobody shared any information on salaries and you never knew what nobody was making. It was just a complete, um, just a bully, bully. You want to talk about being bullied. That's exactly what happened. And then it changed, you know, through those times. That's why you see a lot of guys like the Bobby Borns. A lot of the older guys do a lot of fundraising, like, do a lot of these uh, events to, to basically make somewhat of a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I went through a time where I, like I said, I came in and made some money, but I also, at the end of my career, just, I could have, I blew it all pretty much because of my drinking and I don't drink anymore, but um, you know, and that's why when I do a lot of my talking with, with youth and everything else about choices, you know, if it wouldn't have been for my drinking late in my career, I probably would have played till I was 38 or 40, right? Because of my work ethic and my high compete and, and 
and I don't know where it went wrong. I always tell people this. I don't know what happens when you had, when you go through addictions, but somewhere in there, there's something that changes you. And I don't know when it happened, but it happened. Right. And, um, you know, I always, you know, for, for people that are growing up in the hockey world, like going back to stories, man, back in our day, there were, we had a million stories of like some of the shenanigans that went, nobody wants to hear about the nice pass I made. They want to know about the shenanigans, right? Like, and it's, it's, and it's just part of what it is. It's like going to a rodeo and you, if everybody rides really good, I don't know if you guys are into horses or rodeos or anything like that, but that's boring. When somebody gets mauled by a bull, well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're waiting for a wreck, we like when seeing people in stress. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> okay. So your career, you, you faced off numerous players who in your opinion that like, comes to memory when you say who's the toughest player you play against like what what player stands out like was it someone in the corners was it uh, uh someone... i think you know guys you like you know i i played a role um you know i don't know if you know like when i lost vision in my eye i don't know if you guys know that yeah i remember I lost, that i lost like i took a slap shot in the face and, and lost all my central vision in my right eye so you know and that happened in my second year and i and i was never you know, really at that time, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, this, you talk about uh, climbing over hurdles and mountains, whatever, you know, I remember Dean Chanel, who's now the coach in, in Toronto here with the Maple Leafs and Dean was my roommate and we were together for quite a few years as, as roommates. And, you know, he, I remember he sat me down when they were at the house and he's like, Rich, he goes, you do know that your career might be over. And I, and there, I didn't want to believe that at the time. And, um, but when you talk about, so because I going, the reason I'm telling you this because, when I came back to play, I had to wear a visor and yeah. that, it, it, it was part of my insurance and it actually somewhat worked to my advantage because now, you know, I don't really like to square off with guys because that's when you actually do get knocked out and, mm. you know, you rather just drop the gloves and go at it. But um, the visor actually what it did, because a lot of guys didn't know about my eye injury. So then they, you know, I'm playing with this aggressiveness in the corners and, you know, cross-checking, being a real dirty player, really with a visor on which drove teams ab like other teams like, <laughs> so my whole goal in the game was to if i can piss off enough players on the other <laughs> team they're going to be so focused on trying to take me out that hopefully it gives us a better chance to win yeah if that makes any kind of you know that was yeah. really my job yeah so and because i was a shutdown defenseman i always played against the top guys Right. I always play usually against the top six or using the first line. So I'm always going against Lemieux or Gretzky or so then I get to abuse these guys. Well, then guess who? So when we were on the road and, and this is what we did as, as players. And so guys like that, I that going back to your question, I, I want to answer it is that guys like Talkit, Barubi, you know, who I respect, mm -hmm. you know, Probert, who is an absolute machine on the ice, like for, for physical and just, you know, um, there's so many tough guys. I wouldn't say there's only one. Yeah. Because game in and game out, there's always somebody on the other team. Usually that's tough. Right. Yeah. Back when we played. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's just a lot of them. And, you know, and, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of guys that were taking roids or, or, you know, yet. Right. Yeah. And, you know, later in my career guys started coming in like that, but you know, everybody's like, Oh, guys were tougher. Well, they weren't really tougher because they were just, training harder you know what i mean when we came yeah. in i was a guy that trained hard so because of that i had a bit of an advantage over guys 
Whereas, you know, guys like Probert, some of these guys, they got into shape during the year, right? And as they got in better shape, you're like, well, I got to watch myself a little bit more now, right? <laughs> but we used to plan, like, when we wanted to get one guy and we knew we were going to do it, it was easy because all we would say, we would, we would set it up. Oh. Okay, who's going to start the line brawl? But we're going <laughs> after him. Yeah. Whoever that guy was, right? So... But then I figured out real quick, a lot of time it was, they were coming after me. <laughs> I'm like, if the game was not ahead, it was late. I'm like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> but you can't do that anymore now, right? Yeah. The game is just this, and, and the game is faster, but it's just, you know, everybody's like, oh, the game's way faster and it's way, you know, everything's, well, the difference is in today's game and our game. And, and if you don't think, Pavel Burry was fast. McGillney was fast. Padlaw Fontaine was super fast. Those guys were fast in an era when you were allowed to clutch and hold them back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, and not run interference. That You know, in today's game, you can't run interference. They got to go around. You kind of, you know, but yeah. back then, we were getting taught how to, like, Al Arbor's teaching our forwards how to, like, stick their stick into their gut and, and basically make them pull you along through the neutral zone. You know, we used to do picks like almost like football in our own end. We worked off picks, you know, and in today's game, that's that. And that there's just nobody slowing anybody down. And yeah. the little bit that happens, who's complaining? McDavid's complaining. Yeah. You know, Crosby's always complaining, but he's a great <laughs> player. He, you know, he's still one of those guys. It's very frustrating for the best players in the world to not feel like they're the best players in the world because their whole life they've been told that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you think about Lemieux, Gretzky, that played in an era where we were like, I remember I was watching a tape of my son Garrett, and this is, you know, this had to be about five years. It was on a VHS, like we were putting it in. <laughs> and we're playing against Pittsburgh, right? And I'm basically against Lemieux, and I am like, I am draped over for, for a minute at least. And all Garrett said, oh, that's a penalty. Oh, there's another penalty. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the game itself is just – there was always tough guys and guys that are really – that I respected. You know, we you know, we, we talk on draws, but we knew that it was it was whatever. We, we left most of it on – like we did. We left it on the ice, right? Yeah. And that's – in today's game, it is even, you know, it's a whole other level of, of – uh, and there's, you know, guys, as soon as you see somebody talking to another guy on the team, it's like, oh, I can't believe he's 12. Listen, normally, you know, it's a job. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the game starts and you hope that you're going to, you know, you be as hard as you can to win the game. And, and, and you know, the, one of the things my son, I don't know if you know anything about my son Garrett at all, Pilon, right? You know, Garrett, yeah. where he's at right now? Yeah. Well, his thing is that he's the exact opposite of me. He can score, he skates, he's faster, but he lacks toughness. He's a tough, he's tough mentally, but he doesn't play the game. And, and to get into the NHL, like, and I tell him this, I said, Garrett, if you haven't pissed off one or two guys on the other team, even though you're a goal scorer, I said, you look at the guys that are in the league that are goal scorers that turn into like unreal goal guys like Marshawn, who, who's a weasel on the ice, but he pisses everybody off. You can go yeah. through the lineup. The Kachucks are like that are from, mm-hmm. they're like throwback players that, and I said, Garrett, you you can't for you to get in, into the game. That's how you kind of got to play. Yeah. You're just too nice, right? <laughs> and you're not good enough to be in the top six that they're going to say, here, we don't care just as long as you keep scoring. Yeah. 
he's the support guy who, mm-hmm. if you want to be a support guy, you got to bring another element to your game. Yeah. And that's what he's going to have to do if he wants to play in the NHL. You mentioned earlier, Mario Lemieux, like how, like he was like top, top two, top three back in your day. Like how good would he be in today's game? With yeah, the last, be, what's the last uh, holding and clutching and grabbing? Stupid good. Yeah. Like stupid good. Um, his hands, like, like he, he was scared. Like Gretzky was hard to play against and hard to hit. Everybody's like, oh, you never hit Gretzky. Well, you can never hit him because he, if you looked at the way Gretzky played the game, if you ever get to watch his games back in the day, whenever he made a pass, if he seen you t- trying to take a run at him, he would turn back with you. He, he was always pulling you away from where he was going to pull you out of position. Lemieux, he just wanted you one-on-one, right? Like, he, yeah. he know if he got the puck, he could probably dangle you, right? And um, I remember we were a funny story about Mario and uh, Ray Ferraro. I don't know if you guys listen to Ray at all. Yeah. On, on, I think he's one. Of the, I, I really enjoy Ray because he's very educated, and he, and he just says, you know, he's just good. I believe he's yeah. really good at it. So Rain Man was, we were playing um, Pittsburgh and, and we got to shut down Lemieux, right? So <laughs> Ray, so Al Arbor goes, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to shadow Ray. You're going to, Ray, <laughs> who, who is five foot fuck off, you're going to shadow <laughs> Lemieux, right? So the period, the game, the period starts, we're out there. And Lemieux knows that, like, Ray is following him around, like, just <laughs> wherever he goes, right? So then, you know what Lemieux did? When the play was in the, in the like, in the in our, we were on the O zone, and they were, like, you know, uh, Pittsburgh's in the D zone. Yeah. Lemieux went and stood at our far blue line. <laughs> so the play was, after he figured this out, just get me the puck up high, ice it. And I'm going to be one-on-one with Ray. <laughs> Think about this, right? So Ray said they'd be standing by like by our bench. And Lemieux goes, look at those poor guys working so hard down there. <laughs> All of a sudden, the puck would just come jamming up the up. They would just rim it up to him. And I think he had like two goals the first period. Oh. <laughs> it worked, eh? It's kind of funny. But yeah, he was sick. Great hands. Big. You know, he... he he handled the puck like the width of the freaking ice. Like it was so hard to, he yeah. was just so hard to contain, you know, because he, he had such great hands. But yeah. Would you compare him to like uh, a Leon Drysaddle? Like Drysaddle has, he's strong on the puck. He has a good shot. He's a good passer. Yeah. You know, I, you know, Drys, yeah, but Mario's hands were just better. Yeah. You know I mean? He just had silky mitts. Like they were, you know, he had some silky mats. They were one on one. He liked to split the D and he's six foot six, whatever. He yeah. Is. Like, really? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and, and you know, if, if Mary, that was Mary, was Mary was known for was splitting the D or, you know, making like just pulling it, put it, you know, always say, yeah. pull it, stick it up here somewhere and then taking it back out again. And I'm going to go score a goal now. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we're going to go. Uh, back quite a bit of years, November eighteenth, nineteen ninety, Northland Coliseum in Edmonton, Alberta. You scored your first NHL goal against Bill Ranford, and a three-one yep. loss against the Oilers. Seven oh three in the third period. Do you remember that goal? 
Yeah, Ray 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 Ferraro is the one who said that's why I like Ray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ray. He said, yeah, he came around the back of the net and uh, yeah, hit me for my first goal, which was kind of cool because I had uh Jesus half of Saskatchewan there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they actually took the bus from I think Saskatoon, you know, a bunch of but you know, my from my hometown. Yeah. It was, yeah, Saskatoon, they all met and they a bunch of them came up. It was kind of cool. It was, well, anytime you score in the NHL, right? Yeah. You know, I always everybody like when I talk to kids, whatever, and they and they go, Well, how many goals did you get? I'm like, Oh, I had nine. <laughs> that's it? Nine? If anybody says me, says me that's it, you had nine. I always go, How many do you have? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I scored some like I said, I, I always joke about like I scored. I didn't like if I was gonna score, I wanted to make sure it was like on a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I didn't score against the backup. <laughs> It was always against, I scored against Wah, Brodeur, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, it, it, yeah, at any time you can score, you know, scoring your first NHL goal is, is definitely a dream come true again. So it's it's amazing feeling. And um, I don't think you can really explain how it feels when it happens. Um, you know, it's, as you, I, you know, the goal scorers have a routine or whatever you want to call it, a ritual when they score. Yeah. When you're not a goal scorer, you're almost like you don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, pretty cool. Bush, did the Oilers win that year, 1990? I think so. Eh? They won against Boston. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you uh, scored yeah, against uh, yeah. Stanley Cup. Cons my trophy winner. Yeah. 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 He had no chance on that shot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I uh, just want to touch up on a story when you said you want to score on uh, Hall of uh, Hall of Famers and that. I remember a quote from Ty Domi. He assisted on Timu Solani's uh, record-breaking year when he scored, uh, when Solani scored that 76 goals or whatever, that really yeah. sick year he had. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Ty Domi was on the ice and he fed Timu's for an assist to, to break boss, or to, to break the record. So yeah. they're interviewing him and they said, yeah, well, I may not be in the Hall of Fame, but my name will be in the record books. Oh, really? Kind of, yeah. Kind of was, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, actually. Yeah, Ty mm-hmm. was there. Uh, I like Ty. Okay, we have, uh, I don't know, this is kind of a serious but funny question. <laughs> Are you going to bring back the mullet and mustache? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you like the few I have now. You know what kind of do I got now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that will look, look good. You'll grow some flow. It'll look good. Man. Yeah. I got the Mohawk going right now. My son's like, what are you going through? I live like you're going through a crisis, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you did yeah. have a good uh, mustache and flow back in your island there days. That's for about sure. a porn star. Did we call that a porn stash? Porn stash, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did have the stash. Everything, you know what? When I was on Long Island, they all thought I was a, you know, I'm Cree, right? Maybe, yeah. but I'm Cree. Yeah. And uh, everybody thought I was Italian. Oh, really? <laughs> so everybody well, loved me because they thought I was Italian, but I was actually, you know, native. Yeah. Like, funny. <laughs> yeah, they thought I was Italian. Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give youth if you had to talk to a group of uh, young hockey players and you just wanted some knowledge. What would you tell them? Well, I think one of the things is everybody, um, everybody's got their own for, for young players and, and youth and whatever dream you have. I think uh, 
you know, reaching for, for something big and, and, and wanting it bad enough is, is, is that's like, you know, I tell my son this too, because I, it, it's, it's work ethic. Cause everybody gets, when you start getting to the top, you know, the cream always rises to the top and the, and the really, but at the end of the day, there's so many good hockey players or football players. Really the difference that's going to get you there is your work ethic and focusing on you not on what's happening around you. And, you know, I, I, I say you, you don't climb a ladder into the side because once you start looking, you stop climbing. Yeah. Look where you're going, which is up, and, and you keep that work ethic that whatever it's going to take. And, 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 it, and when it comes to wanting something bad enough, what are you willing to do? Everybody says they want to do it. Everybody, yeah, I want to do it. I'm, I, I'm going to work hard. Well, that's just a cliche. When you say working hard, doesn't mean you spend more nights in the gym. It means that instead of, you know, I, and this is what the advice I give to my son, because we went through something in the last two years with him in Washington that I believe, you know, as a dad that's played in the NHL, I'm always dealing with the fact that I, I got to be careful how I talk to him because I don't want to make him feel less than. So I try and talk to him and stay out of his hair until he asks me for advice. And one of the things that I'll, I'll give you the advice I gave him. And this is something I would give any youth that's trying to make a team. What are you willing to do? And, and I said to Garrett, I said, so I said, this is exactly the, the exactly what I said to him. I gave him two scenarios because he kind of been embarrassed when he went to Washington. So this is for any youth, any, um, and I'm, I just gave him this advice a year ago. And I said to him, you know, he asked, he came to me, he asked for help. And, you know, I think, you know, I said, and I gave him some, whatever that he needed to be better, like physically and better, you know, he works out hard, but I just don't think his trainer was doing enough for him, which wasn't his fault. But when you're loyal to somebody, he's very loyal. But I said, when you go to try to get a job, Garrett, your best competition is your teammates. And I said, if you ask anybody that's played against me, I was hard on my teammates because it was making me better, but it also pushed them. So when somebody says, I want to make a team, okay, how are you going to make this team? What do you, what's going to separate you from the next guy, right? Like what's going to make you better than them? Because you're all pretty close. You all can skate, you all can shoot. And the difference that changes is will. And what are you willing to do to get what you want? Are you willing to hurt a teammate? Well, depends, right? Yeah. In a tryout, you have to do whatever it takes because if you're not on the team yet, you got to take somebody's job. So whatever that is. And, and Garrett didn't really know, I believe, I don't believe he really knew what it meant to actually want something. He says he wants it bad, but he doesn't. I said, so I gave him this scenario because Washington was worried about that. Garrett, you're a good hockey player. You, you play the game the right way, but, but you don't like, he lacks intensity. You don't play with enough pace all the time. Right. So I said, Garrett, the hardest job in the world is freaking scoring goals. That's the hardest job in the world for hockey. To be an NHL and have to score gold because everything that goal scorers thrive on is the red lamp. Goalies thrive on not letting pucks in. I said, for me as a hockey player, I thrived looking down over top somebody. That made me feel good which is really easy. But I said, so I said, you for a hockey player. Now I said, if I get, if, if Peter Laviette said to you today, um, because at the time, a year and a half ago, he was him and Brian Pinnell 
who's three years older than him are fighting for a job, right? And Beck Malstein, who's his roommate. Yeah. And I said, I go, what are you willing to do? So if Peter Laviette said to you guys, I'm going to throw one puck on the ice and you, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have to, whoever brings me the puck and puts it on my desk, gets a three-year deal. I said, what are you going to do, Garrett? Nobody in the building, just you and that one guy and one puck. Your teammate, your roommate, maybe. And he goes, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Like what? Everything. Anything. I said, are you willing to break his leg? Are you willing to break his arm? Because there's no rest. He goes, well, I'll do it. I said, well, Garrett, this is how I'm thinking already. And you're not even close to that yet. So for me, Garrett, I would, because I want to play in the NHL so bad. I said, if I had to break my teammates' legs to get that puck, I would. Mm-hmm. Drop mm-hmm. the puck on Peter Laviette's desk and say, thank you. And I couldn't wait. I'll sign my fucking deal later, but I'm going back to pick up my teammate now. Yeah. But that's what I would do. And I said, you don't understand that yet. You say you want to do it, but are you willing? Are you willing to go there to that place where it fucking you're going to hurt somebody, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is anybody willing to do that? And I said, here's another scenario: you get a breakaway, you get a breakaway go uh, on Samsonov, who's in the NHL, a shootout goal, or your Lucas Johansson, who's who's a friend of yours. He's on the top line. You're on the blue line, toes downhill. His, you know, they're facing each other. There's a puck on the goal line. All you got to do with Luke, you got to make contact or maybe strip the puck, but you got to make contact with Lucas. On Samsonov, you got to score. So whichever one you do, those are your two options. But if you score, you get an NHL contract. If you make contact, you get an NHL. Which one are you going to do? He goes, well, I'm going to do the one on Lucas. I'm going to forecheck. Okay, really? I go. He goes, Well, yeah. I said, Well, that's what fucking Washington is asking you to do. Yeah. You're not doing it. Mm-hmm. So I said, The job that you're good at, you don't even take it because the other one's easier. And that's what I'm trying to was trying to tell him. That that's the easy part is running into people if you can skate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's trying to make the NHL or, or make a team, what are you actually willing to do? Whether it be football, are you willing to like, just because you're going to hurt a teammate, because you don't know the guy, if I'm looking at you guys here right now, we're fighting for something, whatever that may be. I don't know how bad you want it, either one of you guys. Mm-hmm. So I've got to do, I know how bad I want it, or I've wanted it as a, as a player. So I think the, 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 the mentality of these, of our, the, of players in today's, in today's game, we just don't, the kids say they all want to do it. But me as a parent now in today's, it's hard to read, you know, not that it's hard to raise kids. We blame, it's our, we, we just do it our own. We do it our, our we're, we're, we blame, blame ourselves because yeah. there's helicopter parents. I don't know if you ever heard this term, helicopter parents, mm-hmm. helicopter parents, someone that hovers, hovers over kids and just watches. And then the worst parent in the world, which I believe I became without even knowing it is a snowplow parent. And a snowplow parent is someone that basically uh, takes everything. It's like snowplow on a road. You take yeah. all obstacles out of the way and you, and you 
that your, your kid never has to hit any kind of adversity. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. I was that parent unknowingly because I coached my son till he was 16. As much as he said he had to work for a team, I said, Gary, you're not stupid. You never had to make the team. I was your coach for Christ's sake. I'm not going to cut you. Right. Yeah. It's not that I, you know, I was hard on him. I really was hard on him, but I still was a snowplow parent because I still made things easy for him on, you know, not even knowing I was doing it. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think that's one of the things that as parents, we, there's nothing wrong with your kids coming home crying every now and then, honestly, beating yeah. feeling a little beat up because that's what makes you better down the road. And when you become 20 years old, if you've never hit any kind of adversity, well, you're in big trouble. And that's how kind of bleep, you know, Garrett's not in big trouble, but he had, you know, he had some other adversity because he was small, but he's still, there's a lot of kids that just have parents that are always trying to push everything out of the way for him. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest thing any kid is will, what are you willing yeah. to do? How bad do you, everybody says they want it. That's just verbal diarrhea. Um, sh- show me, yeah. show me, show me what you're going to do. So, that's great. That's great advice. Okay, before we go, we have some uh, some some fun questions. We call them the five rapid niche questions. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll fun. get started. Yeah. Okay. Number one: baked or fried bannock? Uh, fried. Ever use a bed sheet for a door or curtain? Yes. <laughs> Ever see Ernest Muniaz live in concerts? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> He's a guy from Winnipeg. He's a big, popular um, native singer. They call him the King, King of, of the North. North. <laughs> yeah. King of the North. I'm going to have to look out for him now, though. <laughs> okay, number four. Bannock Burger or Indian Taco? Bannock Burger. Fifth and last question. Can you jig? Yes. <laughs> Out yeah. boy. That's the way. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can <laughs> dance. I can dance and I can sing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Rich, thanks for uh, coming on the show. We appreciate taking time of your, out of your evening to come on the show and share a lot of wisdom and share your story with us. Yeah, I no, appreciate you guys having me. And if there's ever, you guys want me now that we've kind of touched base, if there's everything down the road, I've always, I've got a crap load of stories. So if we got a little bit more time or you guys want to fill some gaps or whatever it is, I'd be more than willing to come back on. And uh, I apologize for, for not getting it done sooner. <laughs> hey, no problem. Yeah, I would love to have you on and share mm-hmm. some more. Yeah, for share sure. Some yeah, more yeah, stories, I've, got yeah. I've, got, I've got some pretty, like we can go a little farther deeper into <laughs> the shenanigans <laughs> if you guys want. Sounds good to me. All right, Rich, have a good evening, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you again. Yeah. All right. Take care. You guys, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back, everyone. That was a great interview uh, with Rich. He, uh, when we asked him advice, he was was really, uh, what's the word? Like, he was very forward about it, and he was telling the truth that, yeah. like some of us including myself were uh we didn't think we didn't think of that angle what he yeah, told us like we are like what is he snowplow parents yeah snowplow parent yeah that's that's a like, term that uh yeah like it, it can be you can describe that a lot yeah with a lot of parents it i totally understood him and it totally hit home with me because i yeah. 
coached Nick and Anna all the way up through minor hockey, and I did a lot for them and like hockey wise. And he he kind of it did hit home with me, which is <laughs> which is good though. Like, yeah, it's never it's never too late to understand and learn learn things like that, especially coming for from a former National Hockey League player where he was. Most of the games, he was a hated man, but playing yeah. for the Islanders, he was loved. And he was one of those guys that you hate to play against, but you would totally love to have on your team, like a Brad Marsh in, in today's game, right? Everyone hates him, but he's loved in Boston. So, yeah, thanks, Rich, for those uh, for those words and great interview. And we'll... Definitely have him on the show again because I'm sure he has some hilarious stories of mm-hmm. back in the day. Okay, we'll go to our uh, Res Hockey Top 5. And this one's a pretty good one. Um, I actually had to think and <laughs> what the right? <laughs> I actually had to think, he said. <laughs> this uh, Res Hockey Top 5 is hockey books slash biographies um, of former indigenous first nation Métis players. Um, A lot nowadays, a lot of hockey players are writing their memoirs and writing stories of their playing careers and whatnot. So, and a lot of indigenous players are writing, have written books about it. And that's a, that's a good thing. Cause I, sometimes I, sometimes I enjoy reading. When I used to consider reading was uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, that just reading Calvin and Hobbes. I consider Hobbes and Hawkins. Those are classic. I know. I love Calvin and Hobbes. I was yeah. going to get a Calvin tattoo or Hobbes tattoo, but eh, chickened out. But anyways, oh. okay, let's get uh, started on our top five. Okay, number five is uh, Reggie Leach. Reggie Leach has a book out. Um, he was giving them out that the Little on the Child when we were there two years ago, so we were able to get a copy. He signed a copy. Great book. He has a great story about how he overcame drinking and just playing for the famous Philadelphia Broad Street bully. Mm-hmm. So that must have been a crazy time. Living it up and wearing bell bottoms and three inch <laughs> heel shoes. Yeah. Okay. Number four is a book by Mr. Henry Boucher. If you don't know who Henry is, he's a former National Hockey Leaguer with Detroit. He's from Warroad, wasn't he? Warroad? Yeah. De- yeah. Yeah. He's from Warroad, Minnesota. He's played for Detroit, Minnesota, Kansas City. Uh, he's the one, well, who's famous, uh, who wore that headband in the seventies, mm. and he's uh, played for the U.S. Olympic team. He's in the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. He's a Jibwe from Walro. So check his book out. I don't know the title of that one, but check it out. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I don't know the titles of any of these books. I just know <laughs> that who wrote them. So just Google it. Okay, next on our yeah. number three is Theo Fleury. I think it's Playing With Fire. That's the name of his book. It came out. I read that book. That was came out uh, 15 years ago or so after yeah. all that stuff that happened with his former coach, Graham James. But 
he he lived the life, hey man, like party wise. Oh jeez. There's like a there's a the little excerpt when uh they they just got done playing in Calgary or or they were in LA and then him and like three or four other guys can't remember Rolly. He said Rolson was there, Jerome was there. And so I, I can't remember who was driving, but in, in this little excerpt, he said, uh, you don't have the balls to do it because they were passing by LAX. Like they all, they all thought of going to Vegas. So I guess they all went to Vegas like that day. And it's just it's a really, really good book by, uh, by Theo. Yeah. That's a great book. And if you don't uh, have it, check it out. Like it's uh he talks about his drug problem, his drinking problem yeah. that he had and his bad experience when he played in Moose Jaw. So it's, it's a good book. But do you really, really cool about Theo is is how he healed himself, though. Yeah, he overcame the drugs and the alcohol and uh, the sexual. What's the word? The trauma. Yeah, and he overcame it. Now he's a motivation speaker. He's doing really good. He's sober, so good for him. And yeah. he overcame it. And a lot, not too many people overcome those no. problems. And that's a, it's a big story. And it it. It's helping a lot of other people overcome their addictions. Okay, number two is uh, a book by Brant Myers. Brant played in the show Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. And he was a tough guy. And just like Theo, he was into drugs and alcohol. Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the book, but I don't even know what it can't remember what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> um, Brant is from a frog lake in alberta i think but um yeah he was a tough guy back in the 90s so good book about him over he's sober now too so great book and the number one book for the hockey breast hockey top five hockey books biography is um the fred sasaskamu story Mm. it's uh no, again, I have no ideas. I should have freaking wrote down the the name of the book. Hmm. But yeah, like everyone knows Fred. Fred was one of the first indigenous players in NHL during the 50s. And he was a big supporter of kids hockey right until his passing um, a year ago. Like every year he was at the little NHL in Mississauga and signing autographs and taking pictures, talking to the kids, and he was a big supporter. Just think how good he had to be to play in the original six. Yeah. Where there was only six teams and not too many players were playing. Like, wow. It's just crazy when just to think uh, First Nation guy who went to residential school made the NHL. So... Another great book. So those are five great books you can buy like at a chapters or what is the other chapters? Uh, books are called uh, chapters. I don't know. Indigo. Boom. Oh, okay. yep. Yeah. Check those books out. Um, help support them because I'm sure they get a portion of the book sales. So help them out. They're great books. They'll help you. So Get to it, start reading, take it to the number tour and start reading. But don't read too long while you're on the crapper to the point where your legs are starting to fall asleep. Yeah. 
What are you doing, Bush? Everything. You're trying to look, look at your books, but you're going too fast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now. All right. This the is moment. Uh, the moment Bush, Bush has been waiting for all day. Did you write anything down or did you no. take notes? Come on, man. He's going to freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this past weekend, Bush and I traveled to Blaine, Minnesota to participate in the draft tournament. The draft tournament is a hockey tournament where you can go with friends or individually and you get drafted into a team. You have everyone from beginners to junior players to college players and in between. And it's, it was fun. Right, Bush? Did you have yeah, fun? I had fun. A lot of fun. I had lots of fun. That's Especially after the games. That yeah, was good. It was good to be it's good to be on the ice again. Like you talk about like everything else, like going there like with teams, individuals, like if, for your mental health, for people like us who've been skating and all of a sudden we don't skate for a year and a half because of what's happened, but all of a sudden they get thrown into a tournament where we're 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 we're, we're breathing all that hockey like like we're just absorbing everything all the sights the sounds even the smells like i don't know how, i don't know how to explain it and just the meeting certain people everybody not certain people just meeting your teammates and bonding with them it was a really really cool experience i'd recommend anybody and everybody go to these these tournaments they have tournaments all over canada all over north america and and like bush said they were really fun you get to meet a lot of new people and everyone's super nice. No one's a douchebag <clears throat> and think they're better than anyone. Everyone just wants to have a good time, meet new people, have drinks and whatnot, and just get together socializing. Like after the game, like we met a very cool couple. Yeah. Uh, Carrie and Matt, like we went out for dinner with them after our Saturday game and we had a ball. We laughed yeah. and we just talked about, um, told them personal stories and stuff like that. We talked about the three games that we played Saturday and it was fun. Like I enjoyed, enjoyed that. So I, I spent a bit more than the average player there because of uh, accidents. What happened to your <laughs> skates, Bush? Can you tell us what happened to your skates? Oh my God. Not one skate, but both, both your skates. skates. Well, I was talking with Sue like the weekend before I said, you know what? I'm going to have to get new skates at some point. It's either going to be this year or next year. Cause they were, they were out there on the last legs. Uh, the glue holding the, the steel toe to the, to the tongue and everything else. It was, it was cracking. It was falling apart. So there's that. All right. So what happened was I hit a rut and then I tried to correct myself, but I think uh, the opposing player skate, I couldn't move it in time. So it, I kind of my feet got taken out or something, and then I went feet first right into the boards. And I swear to God, I I was more concerned about my about breaking my ankle, and uh, but everything was fine. Well, it's funny because I didn't know my skates were, were blown up until until after the fact because I my calf 
seized up and I had a massive calf cramp and I couldn't move. I couldn't move. So everybody thought I was like hurt. Or I had broken ankle and they come by and well, you know, strong said, no, I got a big calf cramp. I can't straighten up my leg very well. And then one of the refs come by, he goes, Oh, someone's skates broken. And I thought, Oh no, they can, they can see my toe because, uh, because the toe is exposed right now, <laughs> like the like the steel cap around 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 the player's uh, toe, is, it was right off. It was right off the skate. Like it was like it was it was talking. You could totally feel. And uh, so so the ref comes by and holds up a skate plate. I'm like, and I'm in disbelief. I'm like, that's not me. And then I'm looking at my left skate. Said, yep, that's me. So meanwhile, everybody on the benches were wondering what's what was going on because they all helped me up. And I couldn't skate because if, if I if I planted one on my left foot, there would be no blade touching. It would just be my plastic tuck and I'd take a spill. And then I couldn't plant with my right foot very well because my toe was fucking uh, exposed. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was on the ice um, at the blue line when Bush was in the corner. And I, was, I got scared because it was like, shit, uh, Bush blew his knee out. <laughs> then all of a sudden I, I saw his blade he had half a blade half a steel <laughs> yeah holy bad yeah funny. so so then i get up the ice I, I, I undress i'm like oh crap this is not gonna be good so I, I waited for one of my teammates to come off the ice Ernest, to grab his trucks so i went to play it against sports no skates there no luck because i was thinking you know what i'm not gonna have time to break in breaking a new pair of skates it's gonna be awful so I just I didn't care about having about wearing an, an old broken in skate. Played against sports, didn't have anything. Went to pure, pure hockey. hockey. Pure hockey, yeah. They didn't have any uh, in size twelves. The the largest skate they have actually in in, in all models were were only a size nine men's. <laughs> so he goes, well, you know what? We got a we got our store in Bloomington that has a, that has a size uh, large. You may have more success there. I just look at him. I said, seriously, bro. I'm from Ontario. Like I got a play in like half an hour. I'm not going to drive all over the place. And then he directed me to another store, which is like, like five minutes down the road, letter letterman's. Yep. And I found, I grabbed three pairs of skates. I said, do you have a size 12 in any of these? I'll take them. So I tried one on. Okay. It fits. He goes, do you want to bake them? And I, for a split second, I thought, you know what? I should. But that, well, I was in such a hurry. I was frustrated. I said, no. So right then, so I knew when, as soon as I tried them on, I was like, oh, these blisters are going to feel really, really good. They just feel raw. As soon as, yeah. I didn't take my skates off for two games after. I just, they're horrible. I could just feel them. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, everyone plays three games. And our team, we uh decided our schedule so we had one game we played one game then we had a break one hour break then we played back to back so bush was pretty much gone that whole hour searching for skates and during that first game stupid me i blocked the shot then during our break i decided oh yeah i'm gonna take my (laughs) skate off oh no bad idea my left foot started uh, swelling like a balloon and it was so swollen I had a hard time putting my skate my foot back in my skate <laughs> Bush get off Instagram man my phone just <laughs> what just, oh 
fucking guys on his Instagram while I'm trying to talk here? Well, because someone Bushman75 liked your photo. Now get off your damn phone. I am off it. But yeah, I got I blocked yep. the shot. My foot was so sore, still sore today. But yeah, I managed to go back to work. So, would you go back to a draft tournament? In a heartbeat. Would you I recommend would. it to I all would your recommend, friends? I would recommend to anybody and everybody to go one of these draft tournaments. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Even though we didn't win any games, it was, it was fun. It was the yeah. funnest. We're the funnest losers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I like after each game we were we we're lost. I was like I was okay with it. I was like, yeah, this yeah. was fun. Like, but each game we had a chance to win. Yeah. So. Okay, we have a question. Bush and I came up with a question. What is worse, getting dangled and having and that guy score who on dangled you? you score or have a guy who missed two wide open nets and hits the post? Yes. What's worse? Well, it was like, like, I think, I we're know. asking that because our last game, we were playing <laughs> in the B finals. Bush got dangled like... It was <laughs> that guy <laughs> just dangled bush. Oh. I was like, I just shook my head at this fucking bush. <laughs> so that this guy goes around bush and he scores too. Is like, oh damn it. <laughs> yeah, I do exactly. As soon as I, I put on the brakes and like, oh no, I don't have enough speed to, to try and get back and skate with him. So I try to do something and then Next thing you know, I looked down at the, the puck going between my legs. And as soon as I saw that, I said, Oh shit, he's gonna score, isn't he? And it's one of those around. Yeah. And it was one of those things that you score in the last like it was in the last 20 yeah. seconds of the second period. So yeah. I was like, oh. and it was a tight game too. Was it, was it I'm pretty sure it was tied, eh? It was tied, yeah. And he got McDangled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the two posts, it was me. I uh, beat the goalie, and I hit the post backhand both times, and ting. <laughs> and the the second time, it was a minute left in the third period, and the game was tied. Yeah. Ah, uh, and then like forty seconds later, they came back and they scores. Like, jeez. So what's worse, missing a wide open net and hitting the post twice in a game? Or getting dangled and having the team score. That's Let us know. Poll. Yeah, that's a good poll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bush was BSing all week and it was kind of starting to annoy me and piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> Every time our team would score, Bush would go to the ref and Bush was number 11. So he goes, Hey, Levin assisted. Levin assisted. So Bush was getting all these assists. I said like that three times. The, even on the bench, he was getting the, assists. Yeah, I got. I said that three times. Two on the ice and one on the bench. I I shouted at him. I said, "Hey, that was from eleven, eh?" And he knew I was on. The, he knew I was on the bench the whole time. So he wrote it down from number eleven. So I got three points, illegitimate, from uh, from just word of mouth. Uh, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. So on the, so after three games, our Saturday games, Bush was averaging two assists a game. <laughs> yeah, and I was and I had seven points. It's like this guy's a BSer, man. <laughs> guy, man, he's gonna have more points than me. On paper. On paper, but yeah. 
but you, they missed they missed a couple of points though. But yeah, who cares? Mm-hmm. No but, one's keeping score, right? Yeah, no one, no one's, yeah. no one's keeping stats. <laughs> but on Sunday though, I end up mm-hmm. getting some points, and Bush yeah. didn't get any. No, shut out, shut out. So, but yeah, that was fun. We totally had fun. Even the ride home wasn't too bad. No, but like when you go to a tournament like that, you got your body has to like, what's the word? Like, what's the word am I looking for? Like eating all the junk food and all the oh. pop and all the greasy food. Your body has to um, rejuvenate. Yes, Re- just recoup. Recoup. Your body has to heal. Yeah. Especially like on Sunday, we uh, we came back home to Kenora right after the tournament was done. We drove seven hours and made it home before eleven. So yeah, it was fun though. Was I think next time I'm gonna bring a fruit tray. Yeah. Did you see me? I was eating fruit. I had strawberries and bananas, uh, bananas and blueberries because I yeah. knew, man. I knew. I just didn't want to tell you. I wanted <laughs> you to experience it yourself and just. <laughs> I couldn't read. I couldn't eat anything. I was looking for fucking skates the whole time. <laughs> I should have got grabbed you some. Eh? What an awful teammate and roommate! Don't oh my god! So, yeah. uh, how was it watching that LA? I mean that uh, Edmonton Oilers game against Las Vegas Golden Knights on Friday. Um, the third period when we got there was really, really good fun to watch. <laughs> Especially those those two pounds of wings that I that I killed and I just crunched them and then uh, I'd never seen anyone eat wings so fast. I think he had like two in his mouth at a time, just <laughs> just mocking hard. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't eat, eh? Like, no, we ate and well, we ate in Blaine, but that was around four o'clock. So that was. Yeah. It wasn't even a meal. Like we just grabbed a little, uh, like a little burger and fries. Yeah, yeah you must have been just hungry. I know. <laughs> but you can find the drafttournament.com or they have a Facebook page, Instagram at draft tournament. We totally recommend it. If you want to meet new people, have fun and play some hockey, like in a different city, mm-hmm. check them out and. Uh, sign up to play in one of the tournaments. Yeah. Like we played in a rink in Blaine, Minnesota. It had eight rinks. It was called the uh, Schwan Super Rinks. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. It was nuts. It was awesome. It was a really, really good facility. The ice was kind of weird, though. It's kind of didn't like the ice. <laughs> it was big, though. That ice sheet was big. Yeah. Oh. It's definitely. It's definitely wider than the, than, than the rack. Yeah. It was maybe like Olympic size. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. a little short. Yeah, a little shorter than Olympic, but mm-hmm. but overall, it was, it was a. If you had to rate it out of five stars, what you, what would you rate draft um, tournament? The draft tournament probably be a good five star out of five. Yeah, draft tournament. So uh, yeah, that was our weekend when we went to the states. You know, the easiest thing was when we crossed the border into the U.S. They asked us two questions: Where are you from? And what are you doing in the States? Yep. And we just showed them our status cards and we were in the States in like two minutes. Yeah. Like they didn't ask us if we were vaxxed or where's your no. proof of vaccination? Do you have a negative COVID test? 
But coming back into Canada was way oh, tougher. It was bad. Like we bad were, in a way that Canada is just yeah different. Way, way. It's harsh. Pretty, <laughs> pretty strict. Yeah, they were very strict. We had to get a negative COVID test within 72 hours mm-hmm. of coming back into Canada. We had to show our proof of vaccination. We had to show them our ID and that arrive can app. Um, yep. app. Had we had to fill out that application. So, so it was, yeah, if you're going to go back, if you're going to go across and come back into Canada, it's like a 10, 15 minute. Yeah. Just at the, at the window trying to explain mm-hmm. everything. So just heads up if you want to head to the States, but uh because it's going to be opening up soon. Yeah, well, it's open for us right now. Fully so open, yeah, it's going to be fully open. What it was, two weeks, two weeks from now. This weekend. Oh yeah, this two weeks. weeks. I, I don't know why I'm skipping Halloween. So, <laughs> all right, guys, that's it for yeah. the show, man. So, have a good week. Happy Halloween. Yep. All that good stuff. Like Bush and hand out candy to the kids, man. I'm sure <laughs> for the last two years. It's not cheap. Give <laughs> shit. Candy, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be at work. Hmm. Oh, maybe I'll get kids to come egg your house for being cheap. <laughs> 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 if you want to know Bush's address, shoot me a message. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining in. Yeah. Remember to take care of each other, love each other, and uh, we will see you next week. So see you. Uh, we're out of here. So we'll see you again, guys. Thanks for joining in. Mm, Yes. So see ya. Peace.